Graffiti Show, the show where we bring you more reviews <laughs> from two cool dudes. This is your host, Jeff Blanchard, and my co-host, Dylan Orella Dylan. Hello, Jeff. I think we found it. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Through that messy landing, I think I think, I think that's it. It's, it calls back to the original, yep. and it uh, doesn't end with coming in your ear holes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, I don't 100% remember if I said that the first time, but I referenced it as if I did. I, I know I made a point to point it out, so yeah. that's how unsure I am. Yeah. Uh, so, how's it going? What have you been, been watching anything interesting, playing anything? Um, As far as watching, I started rewatching that '70s show. I needed a I needed a new comfort show after uh, three watches of Community. I needed to find something else just to have on the background and be funny at the same time. Mm. Uh, But then they took it off Netflix like a week after I I started watching it. Don't you just hate that? Could be on Hulu. I'm sure it is somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I've considered rewatching that. I remember liking a lot of it, but towards the end, it's like. Yeah. Sort of five of the main people leave or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I watched the last season originally, but yeah, a lot of people leave. Um, but surprisingly, holds up pretty well, I think. I, hmm. I was lolling uh, quite a bit. And yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you, there's probably some parts of it that are going to be problematic twenty years later, but including uh, the inclusion of Danny Masterson. Yes, yep, <laughs> yes, that is, yeah, unfortunate. But uh, yeah, and the characters in it are just uh, the de- their deliveries are great. I think yeah. there's a lot of fun to be had in that show. Yeah, exactly. The circle. All these stupid references. I didn't get it to the Star Wars episode, though. That's, yeah. Um, I, I forgot what... Tommy Chong's in that series, too. Yeah, yeah, he plays the the boss at the, yeah. uh, the film place, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so nothing new besides the things we did for this show, pretty much. What about yeah. you? Watch anything? Playing anything? Listening to anything of note? Um... Listening, not really playing. I beat a game called Rebel Cops, uh, which is like a tactical like game, kind of like XCOM, but you're like anti-hero cops, like taking down criminals that the law can't take down. Uh, I beat Sticks Shards of Darkness, which is a sequel to sticks master of shadows which was like a free game oh, okay stealth game uh, oh, stealth i never have the patience for stealth games oh i powered my way through it i, I you know whatever uh i've been playing final fantasy 12 because i had it ages ago and i never beat it so it's on sale and i've been about halfway through i think did you ever play the Final Fantasy VII remake? No, I'll probably get to it eventually. I'm sure it'll be on sale. Yeah. Uh, I watched a movie, Kagemusha, a Akira Kurosawa film about samurai, I guess. One of his many... In, you know, the Battle of Nagashino. Oh, cool. Like, Was it like a traditional... 
you know, samurai style movie, like the one, the Lone Wanderer. Um, it was kind of like uh, the the premise is um, they find this uh, bandit who resembles the Lord, like the the warlord, leading head warlord. They attempt to use him as a double if the warlord is used in battle. Okay. And he kind of it, it's kind of his story of like having to take over uh, spoiler the warlord dies and he has to pretend to be him and the whole time mm-hmm. he's like being haunted and he's trying to like come into his own but he he doesn't act like him at all but he has to pretend to kind of right. figure it out prince in the hopper style gotcha gotcha interesting uh i've been watching shihaya which has been mentioned on how to skip blade <laughs> It's a uh, anime about Karuta, which has to do with it's a card game based on uh, Japanese poetry. Oh, huh? Yeah, I don't. So read they, it. it's interesting. It's kind of like I know you like that premise of making an, a boring, mundane thing kind of exciting. Like yes. it, it is that by a lot because it's them like okay. someone in the background right. reading this Japanese poetry and then like throwing cards against the wall and stuff you got my intention now uh, <laughs> I've been Black Clover started that that's like a big one of the new big anime series yeah I tried to get into that once because I was interested but I just jumped in in the middle like you should uh, not do with any anime yeah. <laughs> that I find I'm kind of enjoying it. It's like a total ripoff of Naruto, but uh, I like it. Um, and I watch the series. I've watched a ton of stuff. My next life <laughs> is a villainous. All roots lead to doom, which is a subverted kind of isekai where a girl uh, wakes up as a villain of her favorite um, visual novel. And she uh, stumbles her way through the visual novel, accidentally activating all the flags of the romanceable characters. Flags are like these things where it's like, here's an event. If you do the right thing, this happens. If you do the wrong thing, a bad thing happens. And she, as the villain, accidentally activates the flags of all the romanceable characters that are supposed to not like her. She also activates the flags of the main character. <laughs> It's kind of interesting. Hmm. That's cool. I yeah. like Easy Kai. So, yeah. Huh. I yeah. have also, yeah, not to compete by, by one show versus your, like, ten yeah. um, watch list, but I did, uh, I have been watching, have you watched any of Avatar The Last Airbender? That's one I've been meaning to get into, because I've heard a lot of great stuff about it. But. Yeah, I've never watched it, and I'm, I'm watching it with my son right now. It's it's very good. Yeah, it's it definitely like lives up to its legacy. I think. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the last season. We're gonna oh. do. Linja. Yeah, there's only three seasons. Oh, okay. It's maybe like fifty episodes total or something, and they're all like half hour episodes. But yeah, Linja Cora is after that, but I I don't think that's as. Um, good <laughs> a lot of people like it i've heard um yeah i've heard it's not bad but uh i heard it's, the quality is not as consistent as like avatar really there hasn't been a bad episode every episode's been pretty enjoyable 
And it's like, it's a good kids cartoon, but it also has like an ongoing narrative and character development. It's oh. not it's super episodic. Rare for a kid show. Yeah. Yep. But I guess it was made in early 2000s, maybe? Is that sound right? I think, yeah, 2007, maybe? Okay, so. That's what it says on Netflix, but that's not always right. It made it ended in 2007. I've seen the movie. That's the only relation I had to it prior to oh, the show. Oh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was, uh, so I knew what was happening, at least. <laughs> yeah, much, show's much better. Well, let's jump into it. Yeah. We watched, for our movie, Oko's Inn on Netflix. Yes. Yep, Oko's Inn directed by... Damn it. No, that's the novel. Ah, Kataro Kasaka and written by Raiko Hoshida. Oh. Yeah, you know them. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Was 2018 there film. A specific yeah. reason you, you picked this one out? Or just... uh, I had seen it like um, one of the theaters by me. It was like anime night every once in a while. And they'll have some classics, they'll have new releases. And this, I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. They had this play and had a showing it. I didn't get to catch it, but it, it just looked interesting. It's when we were kind of doing Animavi, I was trying to branch out. So I never caught it, but then it, was, it came to Netflix. It was a perfect opportunity. Yeah. So this one's been it's, on my... I've been eyeing this one for a while. It's, it seems like it's kind of aimed more at kids, it seems like. Not that it that affected yeah. my judgment of it, it you know. Yes, yeah, I did watch it with my kid, actually, to get okay. his, to see if he took to it. I've been trying to expose him to more uh, anime. Sure. But this one's uh, it's pretty heavy. It's for kids, but it uh, deals with grief a lot as, like, a subject. Yeah, it's got a pretty uh, intense uh, car crash scene, like, right off the bat. Yeah, I meant, well, that, I mean... That's anime for you. Yeah. I've learned everything. There's yeah. always a car crash. Um, if there's ghosts, there was probably a car crash. Hmm. And the girl uh, yeah. is saved by uh, Makoto. Yeah, a little ghosty boy that yeah. she kind of disappears into the sky, and she's like, "What the hell was that?" But yeah, so. Oko is spared in this accident, but her parents are both killed. And uh, she has to move to her grandmother's in in Osaka by the hot for the healing hot spring. Where everyone is welcome, apparently. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, so then but then uh, it's a classic tale of a <laughs> Boy ghost friendship. Yeah, your parents girl die. Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> girl ghost friendship. Is this um? Isn't this the plot of Casper? Uh, I mean, yeah. Similar. She moves to a big. Well, everyone can see Casper though, can't they? they uh, just, yeah. Uh, no one's lived at that house. Beetlejuice, maybe. Beetlejuice. Um. Kind of. Ah, uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, because, oh yeah, Lydia can see, yeah, the two people who died there. Yeah, I can, I can go with that, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know why it's so important to run the inn after she has gone through this horrific thing, um, but apparently... That's... Well, he wants to help her grandmother, because he knew her grandmother is, uh, when they were children. Right. And, yeah. you know, you, you think that would come back more, but it really doesn't. <laughs> it's well, really more about Oko's journey. Yeah, I mean, I it would have been nice to know that if they could have some kind of acknowledgement of him find or the grandmother finding out that this guy's been yeah. looking out for her. But I kind of understand why they don't have that, because it's not, you know, her journey, I guess. But... Yes, true. Yeah, I thought, I don't know, maybe he was going like, to kill himself because she left. It turns out he fell off the roof looking because he was lonely. Cause... Yeah. But yeah, and the grandmother doesn't even know he's he's died. That's kind of the saddest part. I yeah, guess. that was yeah, that was sad. <laughs> yeah, uh, she gets into a fight with Frilly Pink. She meets this character that she calls yeah. Frilly Pink, Akane. Yeah, everyone refers to her as Frilly Pink behind her back because she's always overdressed and frilly pink ball gowns and stuff and Oko accidentally refers to her as frilly pink to herself only to find out that they have competing inns yeah. at this hot spring and she has a also has a guardian ghost that is uh, her big sister yes but she's yeah. still ghost baby yeah. or a ghost seven year old she said I guess she was yeah. seven but she didn't act like a seven year old um, but yeah, she and yeah, so we find out um, that Frilly Pink had a sister who died, and now, but she, I don't know, does she do much really? With I didn't find that she did much in the movie at all. No, I mean, do you mean the sister? The yeah, ghost? the ghost sister. Um, I uh, not really. She just kind of it. I think it benefits her. It benefits Oko because it helps her relationship with Akane because they they do become closer over time. Yes, and Oko's able to actually, even though they're competing, she's able to go to her for help yeah. at the end. Um, which Oko doesn't seem to have much of a problem with Frilly Pink. It's Frilly Pink that has a problem with any, everyone anyway. Yeah. Uh, they run into this, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, the rude boy, who is also grieving. Yes, yeah, they take a couple, I I guess they've been traveling, they looked uh, transient to me, but, um, a couple, a, a man and his son in, and it turns out that the boy's mother has died, and the husband's wife. And so we get to see grief from another anger or angle or anger, angry angle. Yes. Where he's the, angry the boys and sad. And a dick to everyone. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, you know, he gets there. You know what I mean? Uh, they also have, they find the bell demon, Suzuki. They start. Oh, yeah, the car. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> they say, "What is that? What are you? A car?" Because his name is Suzuki. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, I caught it. Okay. Because <laughs> that's the only way I remembered his name. But yeah, he's been the one sneaking snacks and eating um, 
uh, the hot spring chocolate cake or whatever the dessert the that flan or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like a flan with a, a gooey center or something. It looks like a hot spring. So, but yeah, and Oko's convinced that it's her. She's been sharing meals with her parents, and she's been deceiving herself and her dreams and saying they're still alive. And so she thinks that her parents are there eating their desserts and stuff with her. That's really this little baby demon. Yeah, she hangs out with Suiryu. Glory. Our glory, yeah. Yeah. Call her Glory. She's um she's like that lady in uh probably in that other movie we watched. Um Oh, what the hell? The first movie we watched. Garden of Words. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she is kinda like that. She uh, uh she's, she's like a model or something, I guess. And she, also she's fortune, a fortune teller. teller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought her boyfriend dumped her though, because she was a fortune teller. Would he yeah, dump her if she, she was a model? She is a well, she is a fortune teller, but she has I don't know. She has some weird modeling kind of obsession thing that I was kind of like. Eh, she seems like a that was just uh, my own kind of yeah impetus. Yeah, on she it. has you know fancy car. She goes driving on the the bay to go take Oko shopping because that's retail yeah. therapy and. I was just, I was watching this with my kid, and I was like, don't get into a car with a stranger and go shopping outside the yeah. city with them, okay? Dude, don't do that. Yeah. And then she has that, like, PTSD kind of thing. Yeah, it was pretty intense like, where we see yeah. Elko, like, react. And at this point, so, they're driving on the bay to go shopping, and Elko's holding, like, keychains of the two ghosts and suzuki and at that point i'm like is this all in her head is she imagining these things like are they just actual keychains that she's just personified them uh but she's uh yeah there's a scene where she's squeezing them super hard and she's having like a panic attack because she's having flashbacks to her her car accident because a big truck drives by Glory not knowing any of this is like, holy shit, this child's freaking out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, don't send your kid away with a stranger if they had a super traumatic experience recently. Yeah. Makes it a worse idea. Yeah, but then they they go, they have a clothing montage. Then it Mm -hmm. goes to learning the traditional dance that they see in the beginning. That her parents yes. kind of go like, I'd like to see you do that someday. Yeah, who's learning it? Is it her? In her, her and Frilly Pink. Frilly Pink, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because they've been chosen, because they own the ends of the hot spring. But yeah, it's some... Um, and uh, she... Dance. It, rem- it reminded me of that um, in Your Name, where they have the rice spitting thing yeah it's Saki. kind of it's a traditional kind of like thing like uh that they do in some of those ceremonies like a cleansing ceremony or whatever yes yes and oko's not as good as frilly pink because frilly pink great at everything and she blames oko for not trying hard enough yep 
uh, Oko starts to not be able to see the ghosts anymore. Yeah, she's, uh, she's... I took it as she seems. She's moving past things. She's happy. She does not need them anymore. That's how I took it also, yeah. Yeah, which sucks, but... It's inevitable, I suppose. Yeah, that's what the movie's about. That's what she's working towards. She gets in a big fight with uh, Freddy Pink about the dance ceremony and trying and effort and all the stuff. And the ends, then they start, they have these, uh, this family that has a guest with health issues yes the, this is the father who can't yeah eat. The, yeah he can can't only, eat like yeah, salt or whatever yeah he's gotten a bunch of organs removed like his kidneys pancreas gallbladder and you gotta eat super bland diet of i've i've known people who've had to like eat potatoes and like soup and chowder that's like all you can eat super bland non-salty things yeah he doesn't. He's not a big fan of it. He's an independent man, and he doesn't. He keeps turning away food. So the chef at the end's pretty upset, and Oko's like, "No, I can fix this." And this is when she goes to, she swallows her pride, or she doesn't really, because she doesn't really have a problem with Philly Pink. It's Philly Pink again who's causing these problems. But she goes to Philly Pink for, you know, Philly Pink was talking about her how healthy, healthy her food is. Yeah. yeah. Healthy body so, for a healthy mind or whatever. Oko knows she's got the stuff and she goes to find her there. Which the scene where Oko is like going there and Philly Pink. It's interesting. She Philly Pink's already outside and she sees Oko like coming across the long spanning lawns of the giant inn she owns. Yeah. And so Philly Pink has time to go inside, get like into her like nice outfit go and sit in her big reading chair in front of the fireplace and then just get a book open as a prop like right as Oko walks in. So she's just putting on airs. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, that's just all a front, it seems like. she, Because she's willing, it doesn't take a lot of convincing, but she, yeah, she's willing to help Oko out and she gives her a bunch of like resources to help her out. I mean, this guy's got to be so damn hungry at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, then they find out that the injured man is part in part responsible for the accident. Yes, he reveals his surgery is because he was in a car accident. He was in a truck and he caused an accident that killed... The girl's two parents. And yeah, it's kind of, this is like the ending of the movie. It's not really like a, a Oko's, a, she, I don't know, she's pretty upset by it, but then she, you know, she accepts it and she accepts that man as a guest because they accept everyone at the Heranoia right, Inn. Yeah. Uh, no matter if they're responsible for the death of your ancestors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they... I know uh, Oko and uh, Frilly Pink do the... Some type of cleansing thing in the hot spring where they... 
where she mentions her sister talking to her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, Frilly Pink does mention she does hear voices, and yeah, her sister gives looks at Oko and gives her a little shush. Yeah. Down on, I'll never tell. Yeah. Uh, then they do the traditional dance, and the ghosts disappear. Finn. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't... I thought it's okay, honestly. I'm on the same page, yeah. Yeah, fine. I don't need to rewatch it. Yeah, looking at, like, the theatrical poster, I think, I thought there was going to be more, like, mystical, fantastical stuff to it. Yeah. But there's really just Suzuki and the ghosts, pretty much. It's about a girl training to be a junior innkeeper. Well dealing with the death of their parents. Yeah, this is like a very watered-down, like, spirited away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I even... There's a part where she's washing the floor, and I was like, that looks just like spirited away. Are they like... I mean, that's probably a cleaning technique that they do use in inns in Japan. Hmm. I want to go to a Japanese inn, because they, like, do everything for you, apparently. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It did put me in the mood for that. Um, but yeah, I think if you have kids and you like anime, it's one of those like ones you can watch together. But other than that, eh, I don't think you really need to bother with it. Yeah, same. It can be missed. So, I guess I gave it a D for don't bother, but not in a bad way. Just there's other things to watch out there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. D, don't bother. Uh, our TV show, which I had never seen before, was new to me. I had some, uh, kind of knowledge about it here and there, just through various, like, uh, looking at stuff on YouTube for other shows and seeing, like, a listicle and, like, whatever. Yes, I hadn't heard of it until you assigned it, and you really just told me it was a a different take on magical girls. So Yep. That, <laughs> Which it that is. got me interested. Yes, it is. And even I did a little research after watching the first few episodes and uh yes, it is <laughs> they describe it as uh, it's a breakdown of the magical girl genre. We are talking about uh, if I can pronounce this correctly, Puella Magi Madoka Magica. Yeah. Uh, 2011 show. And it's only 12 episodes. And I think it has like a, an extended kind of universe in like maybe other, maybe in manga. Because I was looking at like listings of kind of related stuff. And there's like a lot of it in the world, but it's just not connected to this specific series. Okay, there's a movie as well. There's a movie. There's, like, a new series called, like, Magica Records or something that just came out pretty recently. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they can milk a lot out of this world because there is a lot of rules and (laughs) moving parts to this. Um, Like, we were talking about... You were talking about Black Clover, and I said... I just jumped into the middle of it and didn't have any idea what was going on. Uh, I've, I've started to realize a lot of structure of, especially 12-episode anime, is episode one, establish like main characters and some sort of mystery or a mysterious world. Episode two, exposition, lay out all the rules. <laughs> that seems to be a 
common pattern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of like kind of interesting abstract imagery in this. Uh, yes, it's kind of like a like a Klimt painting or like a Kandinsky painting. Like, there's a lot of kind of like weird. Uh, I don't know what to even call it. And like some, there's one character like a villain that looks like Cuphead, like a Cuphead monster, the one that eats someone. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. That um, that is what kind of pulled me in because in the beginning of episode one, you know, I mean it's episode one, so they're just kind of building the characters and fleshing them out and. The new girl comes to class and she's hot and she's uh, classic really good anime towards yes transfer <laughs> student everybody loves her and then but so yeah it gets a little you know samey but then in the middle of the episode they wander into what we now know is a witch's labyrinth um, and it's like this weird like yeah collage yeah. type thing. It's like, what the hell is going on in that? You know, I talked about Serial Experiments Lane, all, like, I'm into trippy things. That was like, okay. Uh, got my attention. Yeah. It's, uh, Madoka Kaname was a normal family and a normal life that she enjoys. Uh, and it is interrupted by Akemi Homura. Who she meets in a dream, and then who comes into her yes. actual classroom. Yeah, we kind of start with this prophetic dream of some, like, Kingdom Hearts badassery. Yeah. Yeah, it did have kind of a Kingdom Hearts feel to it. Uh, then Madoka's called by this strange creature to save it, and she and her friend Sayaka save it from Akemi, and they transport to this abstract world. And a strange woman saves them. Uh, and they find out that the creature is called Kyubei. Yeah. He looks like a Pokemon that can speak to you through telepathy. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Kyubei, uh, he can... He has some powers of if you make a wish to Kyubei, he'll create a contract, or she, I don't know yet, um, that will turn you into a magical girl. And as a magical girl, you have to uh, fight witches. That is your compromise. Which is apparently incredibly dangerous. Oh yeah, we learned that pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they have... This girl, uh, the hell's her name? Mommy. Takes yeah. them on a kind of like a, a test run of fighting and seeing what magical girls do. And she fights with magic guns and she like summons all these guns and rifles to fight this witch. Or was yeah. that like a witch's apprentice or something? I think it was. They did a couple witch hunts, I, yeah. I feel like. Um, yeah, that was that also reminded me of Keyblades too. I don't know, for just her guns, like throwing them around, and, like, yeah, the way she holds them and stuff. Uh, yeah, and yeah, she, you know, kind of tries to show the girls what they're in store for. If you're if you're gonna become a magical girl, you hunt witches, you get whatever they are, life seeds or some 
thing. There's so there were so many rules. To yeah, there follow. were like witches seeds, which happened. They were they're like a fifty percent drop or something like that. Like if you were thinking about it in like game terms, like a thirty percent <laughs> drop ratio. Yeah, and magical girls fight uh, fight over them, and you know, men, uh, mommy says some point she's like you know magical girls mostly die at each other's hands like fighting over who gets the witch seed yeah uh there's a confrontation in the i think third episode you see sayaka have like some type of tryst with a guy she likes who really likes music who injured his hand or his arm or something yeah she's always hanging out bedside with him bringing him CDs of classical music. He's a musical prodigy, but he can't play anymore. Oh, and uh, they had some weird ass CD player. <laughs> I took that away from it. It was like a CD player that was shaped like like a carrot, not like the vegetable carrot, but like a carrot character on your keyboard. Shift six, look down at it, <laughs> and the CD is just exposed and spinning there. <laughs> that just really caught my attention. I was like, do those exist? Oh, uh, I wrote it at Grief Seed. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah that sounds right. Like, uh, and then they even mention it earlier that, like, a Grief Seed at a hospital would be bad. They say something <laughs> like that early, and then they find one. And they say, they have Sayaka and QB watch over it, and Mommy and Madoka enter the labyrinth to find the witch, and Kenny tries to stop them, and uh, the mommy kind of, uh, you know, traps her and so she can't do anything. And I, when mommy's kind of talking to Madoka, I, I thought she was kind of manipulating her a bit. Like, I was like, this seems like gaslighting or something. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So, yeah. So is this where Madoka says, hey, if I got a wish, I just wish to be like you, mommy. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And she's like, she's like, I've been fighting alone all this time, and now I won't be alone anymore. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it is kind of like, oh, yeah, she's really trying to guilt her into, you know, oh, you just told me you're my friend. Hang out with me forever and let's do magical girl things. Yeah, and it, yeah. it seems... Like, she's manipulating her, but you're also like, is this maybe sincere? Like, it, it does kind of also seem sincere, but I can't really tell. Yeah, I think I was leaning more towards the sincere side, because then she kind of just throws herself into battle, and she's super happy about it. And, you know, which ends up being a mistake. Uh, yeah, uh, she warns Madoka of the risks of becoming a magical girl, and I was like, I said the witches seem to be themed. This one is candy based. Yeah, I think. Okay, I'd have to watch a few more. Yeah, to... I couldn't tell because I only watched these three, but maybe. Right. Uh, yeah. Then the witch bites mommy's head off in a shocking turn of events. Yeah, she just strays up, straight up kills this veteran magical girl who is in the opening credits she's like i even checked later episodes and was like is she still in the opening credits yes she is so i feel i thought she'd be sticking around but uh no. i didn't read ahead uh, she doesn't yeah then akemi apparently defeats the witch who I, it seemed like she had explosives or something i couldn't really tell yeah 
But her she power. was just like jumping from place to place, and then things were exploding. Yeah. Uh, and I just wrote hard lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they watched their new friends had or just being devoured. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's pretty messed up. Uh, Did you expect that at all? Uh, no, because she's in, like I said, she's in the opening credits. That's like the three of them. I And yeah, like this is a different take on, you know, Magical Girls, as we have discussed. But yeah, because in Magical Girls, it's usually a lot of times it's a team of girls and the, you know, Sailor Moon and sure. stuff like that. Totally spies. They weren't magical girls, but it's, like, it's girls. the team. It's not really. Yep. Yeah. They, kind of. It's not a rotating roster. There, it's the same ones every time. This is the funny girl. This is the smart one. You know, you got all your tropes, but uh, no, they theme things and seem to shift in this show a lot, which I like because um, I I also like I said I read ahead kind of just to be like just this stay this way like what happens yeah i i also read ahead and i, I kind of read about the uh the movie too and i'm like okay that clears some stuff up i'm like oh this is a depressing series it seems like yeah yeah because so after finishing the first three episodes i was like uh i don't know if it really hooked me very much so i'm just gonna you know see what happens in the next episode see if mommy comes back and then as I read some spoilers, I was like, oh shit, I gotta stop reading this because this stuff that's coming up is pretty interesting. Like how witches are made and yeah, and yeah. who the certain characters may become a witch at some point. So, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have a... Um, I don't know. I, I liked it, but at the same time, I'm like... This isn't really my bag, but I am curious about, like, kind of what happens. I guess I could really just look it up if I really wanted to. Yeah. But, I don't know, it seems interesting enough where I might pursue it, but I'm also like, I've got so much stuff to watch, so I'm <laughs> like, maybe. I don't really know where to put it, because I'm like, I, I do find it interesting, and it's not, the animation itself isn't anything to write home about, but it's no. it's all about kind of the characterization and yeah, I feel like uh, both the animes we watched this episode, no, the animation didn't really strike me as anything to write home about, besides the witch's labyrinth stuff. Yeah. Um, I think I will continue after oh. reading what happens, um, but I don't think I could recommend it to anyone, is the thing. I think you have to be like specifically into magical girls to yeah. enjoy this. It's definitely, like, it's got a very, like, like dense atmosphere to it. Like, it feels like a horror all the time. Like, it's yes. very, like, heavy. Even though it's, like, yeah. light parts. You're just like, this, like, there's this weird kind of, like, bad air to it. Yeah, and I, th yeah, there's a lot of levity. Because there's, yeah, there's moments in between where Madoka is, you know, just... Hanging drawing out. her outfit and yeah drawing her her frilly pink outfit that she's gonna wear when she's a magical girl and everyone's laughing at her and yeah but yeah there's 
you know there's bad stuff in store for all of them. Yeah. I would, I guess I would give it a don't bother, because I don't think you should watch it if you don't like magical girls. But you did like it. But I did. I did enjoy it, and I will continue watching it. Yeah. For me. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat where I'm like, if this, if you think it would interest you, give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, G with a asterisk, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Give it a shot. That's different than go for it. It's yeah. slightly different. <laughs> Give it some attention. Uh, our next one, your musical choice. Yes. Class so. Animals, Dreamland. Yep. Uh, this is Dreamland, uh, released in 2020. Have you? Class Animals is one of my favorite bands. I hadn't listened to this album at all yet, though. Have you ever heard anything from them? Um, if I have, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, are, are they like something that would play on the radio? Uh, their song Gooey was on the radio. Maybe. You may know that. What? Deep inside the ooey gooey womb. Channel would it play on? Like an alternative? It was on, yeah, it was on CYY. Okay. Yeah, alternative rock. I feel like when I listened to this, the f- I just kept thinking of Weezer our Weezer really? debut, because I'm like, oh, every song's like a different genre. <laughs> like, all my references were just like, oh, it's like this different thing. Now this song's like this different thing. Like, the one song was uh, like, oh, uh, what was it? Uh, Eleven, it's all so incredibly loud. I'm like, oh, this sounds like Radiohead. And then, yeah. like, another one was like, oh, this sounds like an, like Missy Elliott song. Uh, this one sounds like uh, like a fight beat like you might hear for like a hard song where they reference ah real monsters or whatever yes yeah yes one of my favorite songs was uh space ghost coast to coast and that uh that's the one i'm thinking has a lot of yeah references to other things which i enjoy i felt like it needed another verse though see i i'm used to glass animals um so it's Dave Bailey is like the singer and he has his childhood friends play instruments, but he's like the writer of all the music and he kind of constructs all the albums specifically. So I'm used to how they're built and like their different kind of rise and fall. Um, it definitely sounds like, I mean, yeah, they use a lot of the same instruments, same sounds as they usually do. Uh, yeah, that the song was that was it Tokyo Drifting, the Millie Elliott song. I don't know if you were. Uh, the one I thought of, uh, Your Love, was what I said was Missy Elliott. Um, mm-hmm. Tokyo Drifting, I said that's the one with Little John. I, <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I like that one because it has that kind of also Busta Rhymes. It's got that fast rap, and I, yeah. I like that stuff when it happens. Yeah, that one was a little too rappy for me. Yeah. But I did think it brought something... See, you thought every song was different. I thought the first bit, few songs were kind of the same, and then Tokyo Drifting came on. I was like, all right, this is bringing something different to the album at this point. Yeah, I mean, some of them did sound very similar. Like, there was another one... A few of them I wrote kind of had a, like, 2000s vibe to it, like... Missy Elliott, the one in Heat Waves, which sounds kind of like Aaliyah, if you ever heard one of her old songs, or like Sierra, or one of those kind of like 
uh, hip hop artist that kind of like uh, I can't remember who sang it, but like a little bit goes a long way. That I can't remember who sings that. It's like Jennifer Lopez, maybe. It might be. I think that might be right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I did like you mentioned early two thousands. It, it does feel clubby to me, kind of compared to their other albums. Clubby, but atmospheric. How you do both of them, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some of them felt that way. Some of them were kind of like some of the early ones. Uh, Dreamland, the first one, I wrote spacey, hypnotic, melodic. Lyrics seem nice and sentimental, but I get tend to get lost in the melodies. Like, I couldn't really get a hold on what the lyrics were really doing there. Uh, yeah. One I wrote on Hot Sugar, I wrote, Don't love the lyrics. Can't remember any of them, but I that's what I wrote. <laughs> that, I'm I think I know the one you're talking about too. And it's there was one specific song. Number four. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, waterfalls out of your mouth. Oh, waterfalls out your mouth. Yeah. No love. Out your mouth was my probably one of my favorites. More it kind of has the glass animals stuff I like. There's kind of like a big heavy drop and it gets heavier at one point maybe just for a bit but it does like kind of slam it and that's that's what i like when they do their live shows i think was that like a roast like a roast rap because i wrote sexy roast rap (laughs) because it seemed like weirdly like kind of like a sexual song but it was also like it seemed like he was slamming the person also maybe i think yeah yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna give it another listen because I did enjoy this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it was a roast wrap. That sounds like a delicious meal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, at the end, I don't know. I, like I said, I like how their albums, how Dave Bailey builds the albums. It loops back at the end. Uh, the original Dreamland, like instrumentals. Is uh the last one I wrote? It kind of had some alternative kind of stuff in there. Like it had kind of more. I wrote Red Hot Chili Peppers because it kind of has like this kind of like guitar that it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, I could see that. But I also wrote, and it's like goes from alternative to hip hop mix. I guess they're classified as a psychedelic pop band. Okay, I thought. I guess that makes sense. They play instruments, though. I thought they'd be psychedelic. I guess they don't have a lot of, like, electric guitar, typically, though. Most of their stuff. Yeah, their first two albums are a little more heavier than this. (laughs) Do you think you'd ever listen to any of their other stuff? Um... And now, since you said that, I it, I'd be interested in maybe seeing like what the heavier stuff is like. Um, I don't know. Overall, I it it's, it seemed more hip hop inspired, and it's not usually what yeah. I listen to, but I didn't dislike it. Um, I don't know, but I, I I have to be in a I don't know a weird kind of mood to listen to hip hop or rap in general. Like I don't listen to a lot of it anyway. So. Yeah, me neither. And this is probably like at the threshold of I was like lo-fi beats and, and this maybe is kind of as far as I go. Outcast, I do like Outcast. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it, this is a little more rappy than their other stuff. They, I mean, they had a rapper featured on one of the songs. Yeah, Denzel Curry's on Tokyo Drifting. But, uh, yeah, and I, I watched a lot of the music videos for this, and he is like rapping weirdly because they're, I mean, they're from like England. <laughs> he's oh. a super white dude, and he's just like. <laughs> He looks. He's really into it, rapping, but it's, it's funny. He looks like what, what was that guy who sang "Leaky Boom Boom Down"? I have no idea. Informer. No. Do you know the song Informer? No. Uh, like that guy. He was like a Canadian rapper. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I would. I mean, I'm biased. I like Glass Animals. I say go for it. That's a G for me. But. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I thought it was okay. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of on maybe on the cusp of either. I'm like, if you sound if we described it and it sounds like your kind of thing, G or D. If you like a you know, if you're. Like, this isn't a rock or alternative kind of thing. And it had some kind of psychedelic influences kind of here and there, but it was pretty sparse. I don't know. I listened to way more kind of, you know, rock alternative than, you know, stuff like this, I think. So, I don't know. For me, it was more of a D on this one, unfortunately. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's still better than Weezer. Like that was, yeah. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send you. I'm going to send you some of their heavier songs later. Alright. Yeah. Alright. That was Glass Animals. Dreamland. Dreamland. Did you listen to the extended one? I saw that there are two on Spotify. I believe so, yeah. And okay. it's, it's a lot of it just spliced with like home video audio uh, okay. and. It was like a big, his albums are always like a project, like the last one, How to Be a Human Being. Each episode was kind of like a biography of a character he created, or each each song on each episode. And this one, I guess he said this album is autobiographical, and like a lot of the music videos. And he, he pulled like a lot of listener home videos, and he put a bunch of his own in, like a lot of the... It's hidden in the album. Yeah, the one I listened to had home movies on there. Various home movies. Yeah. yeah. Always a concept. I like that idea. I like concept albums. Like I like when people can kind of come up with kind of interesting ways to portray their music. Yeah. No, yeah, me too. It's a story. Uh, speaking of stories... Yes. We have an audiobook in lieu of an actual book. Yes, an audio biography, an auto audio biography yes. of sorts. Uh, Silver Screen Fiend by Pat Oswalt. Um, I looked up reviews today. Uh, depending on where you go, some of them were not kind to this book. Really? <laughs> yeah. But a lot of them were kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Like, some of them like, really liked it. The ones that didn't like it were like, this is a rambling mess. And it's very uh, stream of consciousness. Yeah. But I kind of enjoyed it. I could see how people could take it. It is like that. It is a very, like, conversational book. Which, I mean, if you're listening to it as an audiobook, 
I, I find that's a good medium to digest it as because it's just like he's talking to you or talking at you kind of and he is asking you questions like hypothetical questions throughout the book but I feel like because this is exclusively on Audible, so it's not a written book anywhere, is it? It is. It is? Yeah. Okay. I feel like reading this would be, like, kind of rambling. You know, I did read the, the reviews I read were for of the book, and I'm like, reading this sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's Patton Oswalt talking about his... Well, at least the first two chapters I listened to are his, his film addiction and his dream to be involved in film by not doing but watching, which is kind of my approach to it, I guess. Yeah, and yeah, the story is uh, here. Let me read it down. A rambling stream of consciousness memoir about the author's addiction to film, as it's juxtaposed about his entrance into the world of stand-up comedy. The idea of patterns and routine sequence of the process of his movies affecting the sets he was doing. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the first couple chapters are like that. Chapter two refers to uh, Our the old Night France. Cafe yeah. a lot. Um, his like big moments of entering into one situation and exiting it as like totally a different person which is a reference to van gogh painting the night cafe which i did look up after listening same to <laughs> um, yeah the first time I, I listened to this i'm like i immediately had to like what does that actually look i'm like all right yeah yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's yeah. a picture <laughs> it's a painting it's better a than i could do yeah of a, a room yeah uh, but uh yeah and I mean, the first chapter is mostly set up, right? But yeah, stop. pretty much. I really love that second chapter. There's something about uh, the way it's written that I really love. Uh, I imagine reading it probably wouldn't be that great, but listening to it, it sounds like just this kind of great kind of uh, prose and poetry to it. Him talking about Van Gogh and the night cafes. I don't know. It's something about it I really like. Yeah, it's interesting that he can you know, narrow his life down to four or five specific moments yeah, of, like, completely changing as a person. Because I was trying to think of that after he was talking. I was like, when when have I entered into a situation and then come out a completely different person? I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Having a kid, maybe? Yeah, I mean, but that was... I had such a long build-up to that, though. I mean, that was a... I mean, I knew it wasn't just like, oh, jeez, I'm a dad one day. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that does happen to people when they're revealed, you are the father. Yeah, they're gone Maury. Yeah, exactly. Like a drill sergeant comes out and yells at them. Yeah, so, I mean, I had time to change as a person for that build-up. But I can't think of, like, specific, like, you know, moments or events that were contained to, like, a day or an hour. I thought I mean, maybe if I sat down to write a book, I, I might. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I can't either. I bet if I, well, yeah, same thing. If I had to sit down and be like, yeah, this time, that time, uh, that dog bit me in the face probably didn't help me. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. No. Did it make you want to read more or make you listen to more? Um, I mean, it's it's fairly short, so yeah, <laughs> I think I can knock it out pretty quickly. But yeah, I mean, I again, I have it now. Um, 
downloaded onto my phone, so I, I mean, I will finish it, because I do own it at this point. Um, and as a person interested in going into film, uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting to get his perspective of someone who made it happen, kind of. Yeah. He isn't, he's not a director, but he, you know, he's there, he's writing. Uh, I know you're interested in, like, stand-up comedy a lot, so that... Did you like a lot of that stuff from it? Uh, the, like Journey? Yeah, I, I really like the, the stand-up stuff. And he does kind of like, later on he talks about being in a handful of films. Um, he talks about like, uh, he talked about this book that he has. I don't can't remember if they had it in the second chapter. But it's, book, it's called like the Psychotronic uh, yeah. Diary or whatever. Yeah, because he's marking down. Yeah. The, the end of the second chapter, that's when he's like, I'm going to watch every movie in these books I have of essential films and write star and write a date on them yeah and there's like a uh, I think I've got like a pdf file that's got that list or something like that oh nice yeah came with it yeah but yeah and as someone who is also like he has the mindset of if I watch a bunch of movies I'll know how to direct <laughs> like yeah. I don't know as a podcaster who <laughs> reviews other people's work, maybe someday all this knowledge and hours of watching will watching teach me how to anime. direct. Not, yeah, not the seven years I spent in <laughs> a film major. Yeah. Well, you know that. You know it, it could do go either way. <laughs> yeah. And, um. Yeah. I mean, I would give it. Uh, if you're interested in yeah media production, Patton Oswalt. I mean, I I've been watching Patton Oswalt since the early 2000s. My first exposure to him was King of Queens. He was like a regular character on that. So sure. And so it's interesting to hear his story. How, does he talk about King of Queens later on? I think there is a chapter about it. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm definitely listening to yeah. that. <laughs> And he talked about like his like idea his like dream movie theater. I remember that being a thing where he's like he talks about like the movies that he would make with like cast of anyone in the world, you know. And he's like Batman starring Gary Cooper or whatever. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. He also has a, a a book previous to this one, which I've mentioned on this podcast, called uh, Zombie Spaceship Wasteland, which. Like, there's one that's dedicated to, like, D&D and, like, its process of, like, kind of it connected to his growing up. There's another one that's, like, uh, just, like, a dumb thing about, like, uh, hobo songs. Like, and it's, like, playing music that are, like, played at hobo camps or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he mentioned the, the first one he mentioned in this book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I give it a G. Go for it if you if you're interested in media production or just a rambling <laughs> guy. Yeah, and if you like film and you have the same approach to it. Yeah, I, and I would say G to the audiobook. It sounds like the actual yeah. book is kind of, and it. I don't know. I think he's also got a nice, you know, reading voice too. It's pretty, you know, low key and whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, super recognizable because I, I hear him in so he voice acts so much. So yeah. I just I'm just used to his voice. Yeah, that's a G. I've you know, and I've 
talked enough about it on this podcast where people should know. <laughs> I would recommend it anyway. So, yeah, I recommend yeah. both. I haven't read his wife's book or his okay. previous wife's book. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'll be gone in the dark. Yeah, Michelle McNamara. It's about the Golden State Killer. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't want to read that now. Uh, and her kind of obsession with, like, kind of figuring out, figuring it out. And, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've Yeah, you've talked about that before. Yeah. There's, like, a documentary about it now, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I listened to... It's all coming back. I listened to a podcast about the Golden State Killer, and they do mention, like, yeah, Patton Oswalt's wife was super obsessed with it and she helped with like a lot of evidence in her book that was recently released like really yeah um and the book's called i'll be gone in the dark and i mentioned this on twitter recently um i think it might be a nod to this book because the first line of this book is i'll be you don't have to follow me into the dark here so i wonder it might be a nod to it it might be wrong check that out and then we're gonna check out God's Trigger. Yeah. As we played. A, Another free game we got. Yes. Through the Epic Store. Uh, <laughs> a fast paced isometric, isometric shooter in the same style as Hotline Miami. Uh, well, I'm going to skip Hotline Miami probably oh. <laughs> after this. Um, oh, yeah. I've been eyeing this one for a while just because, I don't know, it was on my list for some reason, I, on my wish list. I mentioned I was interested in it, and I think okay. I told you, because I did like Hotline Miami. Um, oh, okay. Which it's it's hard. Like, the thing about it is, like, mm-hmm. it, it's difficulty. These games are yep. notoriously difficult. Uh, this, these kind of, like, isometric shooters, which kind of rely on quick reflexes and kind of... Uh, kind of doing a mission over and over again until you kind of get it right and get a pattern down. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, if you had the patience for that, that's what this game would be like. Um, I do, I'm going to start off saying, I do not like one-hit kills. (laughs) I don't like it very much at all. It's very frustrating. It's punishing. Yeah, that's how it is in Hotline Miami also. You play a duo of characters you can hot-swap between to face different circumstances. Judy and Harry, a demon and angel, respectively. There's also co-op, so if you wanted to play a co-op, you could. Which is kind of fun. Fun idea. Yeah, I think it might be more interesting to play co-op. <laughs> Maybe. It's an angel and demon killing their way into heaven to stop the apocalypse, where they fight. They're fighting the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um... How far did you get? Um, so I did not beat the tutorial level. Oh. I can tell you oh. that much. Okay. And then I watched them on YouTube after that. I I don't know if this will tell you where I got. I got into Pestilence. I think it's the first boss you kind of have to face eventually. Um, I got to where he rode away on a train. Like, you have to do this thing where, <laughs> like, you have to kind of... Uh, corner this guy who's using a gatling gun in this kind of alley and you're just trying to go from cover to cover and you kind of have to go around him and then you have to use the gatling gun against a bunch of guys on the train that pestilence runs away okay yeah no i didn't get to that (laughs) uh 
yeah, I got to the part in the tutorial where you have to run through this kind of zigzaggy pattern while this laser chases you. And I tried to do that for 20 effing minutes and couldn't do it. Maybe I should have tried with a controller. But, oh, yeah. Uh, These are twin stick <laughs> shooters, dude. I didn't give me that default option, so I was just like... Just playing with the mouse and keyboard. Because the dude I watched on YouTube was playing with mouse and keyboard, too. He tried with the okay. controller, and he blew with the controller. So he was playing. Yeah, I, I personally, I feel like twin stick shoot. This is a twin stick shooter. You're supposed to play it with, like, twin sticks. Yeah, I, I didn't get to really any shooting parts. Though. Yeah. <laughs> it, was all, it was all melee. Yeah, that that's point. true. Uh, you can pick up other people's guns eventually. Right. Yeah, I did see that eventually. Did not get to that part. Um, get more points for stealth kills. As I've established, I don't have the patience for stealth games, so I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, I just, yeah. Um, didn't care for I it. I guess didn't care for it. Did uh, The plot didn't... Uh, <laughs> I didn't give a shit about the plot, honestly. Like, I, like to me, it... it uh, to me, this type of game is there for the gameplay. Same with Hotline Miami, like which right. I guess has an interesting plot to it, but I didn't really ever care about it. Yeah, that's the thing. If I need, like, if I if the gameplay sucks or it's not up my alley, I need at least something else to draw me in. The music, the graphics, the presentation, the story, but none of it really got to me. The graphics were pretty flat <laughs> i mean it's all like top down yeah uh, you can't really see any definition to any of the characters um and yeah the music the the menu music is good <laughs> i know on how did it skip play that comes whenever they have to come up with a positive thing they use that a lot yeah um, i don't remember the I, menu music so see that's that was my favorite part i think <laughs> The game hadn't started yet. I wasn't pissed off at it. And the music was pretty rocking. The in-game music, not as good. Maybe in better later levels that I could not get to. Could have been better. Yeah, maybe. So this is a, a D for you. This is a definite D. A double D. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't bother. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's free, I guess. It, yeah, it's a positive. You didn't have to pay for that. That's the good part of this. You didn't have to pay for that. Like, what if you had paid for this? Wouldn't you be pissed? Yes. Yep. I've been watching it go on sale for years now. And Take it off your wish list. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm not super into... I suck at twin stick shooters. Now that you describe it as that one, I realize I suck at those anyway. I suck at Enter the Gungeon. I like Enter the Gungeon though because it's like fun characters and yeah. funny animations and stuff. And there's different variety of crazy guns. But I suck at it. <laughs> I think that's what Adam's game is technically, right? Yes, our friend our Adam, Adam is. Yeah, yeah, he's developing Splitfire. Splitfire, go check it out. Splitfire slash Splitfire Dev. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a twin. This is like a twin twin stick shooter. Because <laughs> you you can, you can control shoot. the arms independently, right? Yeah. Or yeah, you can shoot two. Yes. Independent of each other. Yes. Um, but yes. Well, he likes those. 
Right. Geometry Wars. I suck at that. He was always getting me played Geometry Wars. I just there's just so much going. Well, those are really bullet hellish too. This this God's Trigger wasn't too bullet hellish. It's kind of just no. It's you all know, twitch, like you said, reaction reflex kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, or knowing which path to take after dying multiple times. Yeah. like what's the best way of entering a level? Yeah. Um, I would give it a G if you're into that type of game. So another kind of asterisk uh, <laughs> kind of thing. It's always like, hey, if you want to play it, you know, go ahead. You know, if you like yeah. um, Hotline Miami, but you want to focus more on it's way more what melee action. You can mm-hmm. have ranged weapons, um, but yeah, it, and the story, I don't, I don't know. There wasn't really much there for me. I just didn't really care about it. But I don't know. Like I said, it's just more about the gameplay. Super edge lordy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the game's called God's Trigger. God's Trigger. <laughs> And it seemed like there might be some unlockable characters or something, which seems kind of right. enticing in a way, but I don't know. I didn't feel the need to go on playing, also. <laughs> there you go. Maybe I will at some point. You know, I've got it. Yeah, yeah, we have it now. It is there forever for us to quote-unquote enjoy. Mm. But yeah, that's it. That is it. That, that's the five things we did this episode. We did it. We did. Then, so yeah, if you want to find our other episodes, you can go to wholegdshow.podbean.com. It's got our archives, our older stuff, where we did the word of each episode. Um, and if you have a word and you'd like to, I don't know, guest on the show or whatever you're a famous podcaster you want to be on the show <laughs> here i am at the end of our show if you made it through i'm begging for your guest spot uh, but yeah you can uh follow us on facebook.com slash holy show or on twitter at whole gd show uh caleb o'ryan does our music you can find him on spotify and streaming services you can find us on spotify too rate and review us do it in your podcast app right now you're about to stop the episode you're there you're gonna put something else in the playlist it's there just fill in those five stars uh i am sometimes on twitch.tv slash ink about it sometimes like some like few times you can put it there um so that's all that stuff right where can people find you jeff uh i am at twitter tumblr instagram at rewrite shaw uh, I also have a Twitch at Maria Raito Shy. You can just Google that. I also have a Twitch for the Old GD Show and a YouTube channel for the Old GD Show for occasional streaming. I'm not very good at doing it on the regs. Sweet, yeah, and we'll catch you, GD listeners, in the next GD episode. Goodbye. Later.